You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello and welcome to episode four of Garibaldi Red, the Nottingham Forest podcast from Nottinghamshire Live. And this week I'm joined by a Forest fan, Michael Temple, who is also the commercial director of Trent Bridge Cricket Ground. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Got the title right. Delighted for the invite. Just uh, trying to work out who turned you down for me to get this, uh, <laughs> <It> was a, <laughs> this chance to talk to you today. There was a list. No, it wasn't really. I'm very grateful for you coming in to join us on the back of... Uh, we call it an upset win when you consider Forest record against Cardiff. I think they lost nine out of ten. So going into that game, it was a hell of a result to win one nil last night, wasn't it? No, I wouldn't call it an upset game because of Forest's form on the road this year and Forest's form against the the top half of the table. I think the way they set up works well on the road. Comfortable not having the ball, comfortable counter attacking, mm-hmm. and knowing that 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 attacking threat, particularly in my view of of Lolly and Grubbin last night, it was Silver that chipped in. Mm. We just seem very well set up uh, to win away, and so it's proven the case. Just kind of back that up now with home games, games against teams uh, lower in the table. But yeah, thoroughly enjoyed watching it last night. So you saw it coming, then you weren't worried. I must admit, I was getting a bit twitchy this time of the season with a couple of recent results where they probably should have won games and didn't. You, you were pretty confident going into last night's game. Yeah, you, you hear that. Right, you hear people attaching a lot of value to how a team has done against a particular opposition ten years ago. Mm. I don't think Thiago Silva has watched or been involved in any of those games, or if it has any influence whatsoever on that game. I was, I was pleased to see Tomlin not involved. Big yeah. fan of him when he was at Forest. Um, they seemed a little bit blunt, and people like Benny Watson came to the came to the fore. And if you know if he's not one of the most rounded centre mids in the championship then I don't know what it is although he was excellent last night defensively and the way he, he kind of plays that almost you know quarterback role getting the attacks going but yeah that was that was um, nigh on a complete away performance for me last night and on the right side of it So I assume that you like everyone else had written Ben Watson off before a ball was kicked this season or not? He's sat in the under-23s yeah. for a, a player of that calibre and you, you kind of look at what he's become to Forrest. I think the, the comment was last night that Sabri considers him to be the, the brains of the team. You see that. He's a streetwise footballer, very mm-hmm. efficient. He's not flashy. He's not going to beat three lads and lash it in the in the top back. Mm-hmm. But just those those simple passes, finding the full-backs, being calm on the ball, and the way he broke up play last night as well. Um, yeah, I think he he had the right to feel very hard done to, rotting in the twenty threes. Yeah, and credit to uh, to Sabri Jador <laughs> <laughs> for um, recognising his qualities and, and making him such an important part of this side. And yeah, what a what a call. And Graben didn't score, but he did have a really, you know he had a great game. Uh, how impressed have you been with him? And can Forrest get promoted if you know without him? If he doesn't, if he does pick up an injury, do you think? Certainly twice aside with him in the team yeah. a lot of call from Forest fans pre-season about an extra striker mm. what are we going to do if, if Graben misses a game we're not the same side when he misses a game mm. but I, I don't think he needs to miss a game he he ran so much for the team last night in behind and the vision for that cross to Thiago Silva which I think he meant by the way I oh, think yeah. it wasn't just a lash across the box no, he, he picked up on that that run but yeah, so much made about a striker not scoring goals, mm. but his influence to the team, and he will he will score goals. He will score goals. His his record in the championship is is incredible, mm. and yeah, he was a, he was a nine for me last night, a nine out of ten for me last night. I thought he played incredibly well, so efficient. Doesn't get the ball loads, yeah. but his his influence on the game. His chance conversion will forgive the obvious howler a couple of weeks ago. He's he's a really good championship player. Is he a better all-round footballer under Lamucci than we saw under Karanka, do you think, or not? 
He's happier, isn't he? He's happier. Seems it, yeah. Because he's guaranteed his place in the side. Mm. Um, he's he's hacked around a few clubs. Mm. You know, we all saw his cameo in the Sunderland documentary. Yeah. But I think his unease at other clubs has come from not having that love. He's mm. one of the players that, and we, we see it in all sports, he needs to feel the love. And if, if he knows that he's he's the man, he's in that team week in, week out, he can have a run of games without scoring and he's mm. still going to be in that team week in, week out. You'll get the best out of him. Mm. And Forrest is seeing the best of Lewis Grubman at the moment. And they did it without Sam Bissau. I think the win rate without him is 22% or a bit higher now. But, you know, when he's in the side, he, they look a lot better team. So to do it without Sam Bissau makes it an even more impressive result, do you think? Yeah, well, Ben Watson was Sam Bissau last night, wasn't he? Yeah. I think everyone thought that Yatesy would plug in and be that ball-winning, you know, defensive centre mid. And as it happened last night, he didn't need to be because Ben Watson was, you know, ten clicks ahead of, of anybody else. But mm. yeah, massive fan of Sam Bissau. But um, I didn't think we missed him as as much last night. Don't get me wrong. If he's fit, available, get him back in that team. Mm. Um, but yeah, keep Benny Watson in there as well. So who was the best summer signing? The Sam Bissau, Bryce Samba, Thiago Silva. Which one would you say was the most impressive? Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Um, I think the the player who's had more influence this year than any previous year was Matty Cash and that yeah. conversion to, to right back has, has really paid off. There's so much confidence in Bryce Samba. Yeah. You just you don't think anything's gonna bounce off him. No. I just think no. he's a great communicator. Mm. He distributes the ball like a like, like a central a, midfielder. Like a central midfielder. <laughs> yeah. just, you know, picking picking players out from 40, 50 yards. So I think his value is incredible. Thiago Silva, I thought he was a you know, tenacious tackling midfield when he first arrived. He's, he kind of slotted into that that ten roll last night. Arrived late for the goal. Um, the record, the influence of of, of, of Sam So mm. um, on the win ratio is incredible too. So yeah, why pick one? I think they're they're all really really good good signings. And you know, shame on Forest fans and you know myself included in thinking that just because you have to Google the name of a footballer or a manager when yeah. he arrives, um, that they're, they're not as high a value as, you know, someone like Benton rocks up. Yeah. And people get excited because they've seen a few clips of him at his yeah. best. They've picked players from, you know, obscure European leagues there and they've they've proved very well equipped at championship level. So, you know, credit to the, the backroom team at Forest who've picked some real winners there. I've played football with you and I think you can clear the first man with a corner. <laughs> I don't think Thiago Silva can. That's my one gripe with him. Is that a fair comment? Do you think he's, he's, I don't know why he's taking set pieces because his open play is fantastic. Am I being a bit harsh on him there from his dead ball delivery? Of course you should clear the first man <laughs> yeah. with a corner. But yeah, look, let's celebrate what's good about Thiago Silva he can still put a tackle in mm. a couple of straight passes last night but um, in, in general he was he was he was on it I mean Forest fans are um, notoriously fickle I suppose and we, we tend to have this like anger when our team is losing and delight when they win but there, yeah. there, there are a lot of subtleties and um, football and sport in general are far more complex than that and I wish we'd just accept that lads are going to have upturns, downturns in form. But generally speaking, over the course of the season, I think um, the summer forest parts is a really, really good side. Mm. There's third in the championship, in the mix for automatic promotion. Um, certainly, in, in my view, very strong contenders in the playoffs. So yeah, let's, let's enjoy this moment because it's been a long time coming. So if I give you the four scenarios as they probably stand and you've got to pick one for me, um, automatic promotion... 
promotion via the playoffs, losing the playoffs again, or don't even make the playoffs. As we sit here today, which one of those four do you think is going to is going to happen? I think we'll be in the playoffs. I yeah. think predicting the playoffs as a Forest fan w- wouldn't be a very enjoyable thing to do. I'm, mm. I've got horrible memories of Sheffield United away. Oh God! <laughs> I lived yeah. in Sheffield at the time, and the only tick I could get was in the Sheffield United end. And life was beautiful after yes. that first leg and the start of that game. And then Desi Walker nods one in his own net mm. and Sheffield United fans are rubbing my hair in the lava stand. <laughs> Not fun. Uh, Blackpool, Swansea, Yeovil. Yeovil. Oh um, God, yeah. So, yeah, I think we are a, a playoff team, a really good playoff team. Mm. If I had a choice, automatic promotion all the way, all that, mm. all that um, talk about the playoffs being the best way to go up worst, yeah. way, worst way to stay down oh god let's I finish know. second yeah I hate the playoffs we're awful in them but when you look at this team because I think Forest weakness is against teams that sit in and Forest can't break them down or if they go behind they really can't break them down perhaps in the playoffs when teams tend to come at you Forest, you think it might be set up if it does come down to a showdown that this team might actually be quite well set up for it yeah it's always a cagey first leg isn't it always yeah. a cagey first leg and then someone's chasing a game in that in that second leg with, mm. with with so much on it. So I think this team is is better equipped than a Billy Davis team was yeah. um in in knockout football. Um and I look frankly I just think it's a, a better side. I think there's better balance to the side. I think we could all name our favourite eleven with very little debate yeah. at the minute. And you just hope we've got our best players available in this shake up. If the season goes to the end of May and we find ourselves in the playoffs, let's get behind these boys. But so much football to play. And I still think every chance of, of nicking that second spot, Leeds are leaving the door open yeah. for us. We need to put a run together. We've seen um, some results, probably in both directions, that we didn't expect this year. No one gave us a prayer yesterday. Um, but then, you know, other games, Luton, one or two others have been extremely frustrating. So, mm. yeah, let's uh, let's gun for number two. You think number one, you think West Brom are going to finish top? Yeah, is there any question I think so. That? I think they've just got a depth, haven't they? And yeah. a ruthlessness and a, and a nastiness that is the hallmark of a team that wins the championship. Mm. And you know, I'm sure you've, you've talked about Keith Stroud to death <laughs> in, your, in your writing and, yeah. and uh, on, on, on previous podcasts. But... That is what that is what's required. It's not it's not enough to be a flair team. Yeah. Um, I think in the championship it's very important to be a physical team, but they, they do have that ruthless, nasty streak and good players. Mm. So so yeah, I, I I do predict the West Brom will win the championship this year. Yeah. What was your indoctrination as a Forest fan then? Because I was we're the same age pretty much, I think. Um twenty one. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> So I was kind of a child of the you know that late 80s, early 90s. I think my first Forest memories, the FA Cup semi-final against West Ham, which made me a Forest fan. And then the final, you know, quite as well. Was that at the time you became a Forest fan, that era? My old man was a Notts County fan. Okay. Uh, first game was at Meadow Lane. Uh, looking back at the team sheet, as I have since then, Sheringham and Keane played. I think Forest won 1-0. And just that was the moment. Yeah. I don't think that was how the plan my dad had for me. <laughs> but watched Forest ever since. Had um season ticket in the kind of Harewood Johnson yeah, yeah. Huckabee era, which mm. ended at, at Bramall Lane, as we as we just discussed. Mm. But you you can't change your football team. And you know, the the amount of friends I've got that live in Arnold, Hucknell, West Bridgeford and support Man U, Man City and Liverpool, I mm. find that uh 
yeah, quite sad actually. Mm. And breaks my heart to see kids now running around the streets in those, you know, in the, yeah. in the kits of those teams. We're from Nottingham. We should support Notts County, Nottingham Forest, get behind our side, watch the team, buy the kit. And for me, I've through through thick and thin and you know, good times have been hard to come by as a Forest fan of my age. Yeah, you, the European Cup final is a YouTube clip, and I've got no memory. <laughs> I've got no memory of this. But when they finished third in the Prem with you know Stan Collymore and Brian Roy, when we went to these playoff games, these playoff semi-finals at the City Ground, it, it, it meant so much. Mm. And being in the Premier League would would mean so much. But um, yeah, I've uh, I'll, I'll never change allegiance. And uh, yeah, I think if my dad had his time again, he'd probably take me to Notts County, be Coventry first, or and, yeah. yeah, treat me to my first shirt. Which Forest team do you most identify with? Then I suppose for me, it's the Paul Hart team and that that playoff team. Is that the one that you kind of feel that you think of first when you think of Forest as a personal in memory? Michael Dawson, first time around, I think yeah. being a Trent End season ticket holder. And, Des Walker coming back and having that, you know, that 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 two minutes for a game where he'd lift his fist the Trent end and we'd we'd all sing back at him. That was the that was the season I probably enjoyed more than any other. Marlon was at his best. David Johnson had clicked back into form, and then you know, Darren Hookerby came through on loan. I remember that that um, the Gillingham away game where he just mm. picked the ball up from kickoff and just it's like a FIFA goal, dribbled through five or six players and stuck it in the corner. Mm. And I think that was a real watershed for Forest. If they had got up that season. Um, Paul Hart had a real good core of players together. He had kids that had come through the academy that he'd nurtured that were doing really well and were so loyal to him. Um, he had some some good good signings, some real good calls made. And I think that was a watershed for Forrest if they'd have got back in the Premier League at that time. You know, who knows what what might have been. And there have been some dark times um, since yeah. then. But yeah, hopefully we're turning the corner. So you still went in League One then? You still kept turning it? Yeah, so I, I moved back to Nottingham. Mm. Um, started work at Trembridge in 2008. So the end of that League One campaign where we promoted under Calderwood was my kind of return to to Nottingham. But yes, stuck with them, obviously. Um, but I think it would mean everything to this city um, if Forrest were to bring Premier League football to, to Nottingham. You've got feeling then, do you think it'll happen this summer or not? Yeah, I do. I think um, it seems like there's a plan at Forrest now. Yeah. And... You know, Faraz was was he put his money he put his money into the club, but was there really a plan? No. We sacked a lot of managers. Yeah. Did you really know what the tactics and and what the signings meant? I feel now that with the the off field team at Forest, some of whom we know really good people, you're seeing the ambition with the development left field appointment in Sabri Lamucci, but you know what a um, what a call that's proved to be and it, it just feels like there's a there's a plan both on and off the off the pitch so so yeah I think this is uh, this is the the cusp mm. of a really positive time for Forest uh, and yeah Premier League football would mean would mean everything to, to this city so through your work at Trent Bridge you kind of inferred a little bit of it there you've had some dealings with the kind of Forest hierarchy David Cook the commercial officer and people like that I mean what's your impression of the kind of off the field setup at the club you feel it's going in the right direction after the kind of well mismanagement of the Fouaz years Forest are in really good hands I mean we have uh, really close links with with them as you say we're, we're 100 yards apart at, at Trent Bridge and first and foremost you've, you've got people that really care about the club and know about football so I mean, David Cook 
great experience in the Far East and at Celtic. Mm. Um, proper football man, um, you know, knows where he's going and, and how to get there. Simon Fotheringham, really pleased to see him uh, back at back at Forest. Super fan, gets it, connects with the players, connects with the supporters. Really, really good fella, and. Um, yeah, take a, Forest fans should take a lot of assurance from from those people. And having sat and watched games with them, and Yanis as well, the chief exec, they watch football like we watch football. Yeah, they're they're screaming at Joe Lolly to get at the fullback. They're celebrating Cashy flying in on on someone. Samba so winning the ball at a safe from Bryce Samba. They really care. It really matters to them. And they they watch these games in the manner that we we watch these games. Um, there's a lot of synergy between Trentbridge and Forest, as I say, be it on a practical sense of sharing car parks and um, stewards and you know members of staff and whatever. Um, but fundamentally, I think there's a there's a great synergy between all the clubs and success breeds success. Mm. Them hosting hospitality during a test match, uh, us hosting hospitality out of the Leeds game recently. There's a there's a real um, feeling of collaboration. Uh, between the, the cricket setup in this city and Forest in particular, uh, and I think Nicholas Randall, who's himself was a really good cricketer in, in his youth and comes to watch quite a few games at our place, um, is a is a great um, orator and advocate for that for that club, and you know their their standing um, in the city away from football has yeah has, has taken a sharp upturn in the last year eighteen months and yeah long may that long may that continue but yeah by this is by far. I think the um, the the best setup Forest have had in a in a long long time, and if effort um, uh, deserves success, mm. then yeah, Forest will do very well over the next three or four years. Uh, we see cricketers as, as frustrated footballers in the warm-up and not very good footballers so. in the warm-up a lot of the time. But also footballers, you, you know, some of the Forest lads, they love their cricket, don't they? They come and they come and net, they come and watch. That's fair to say, isn't it? Yeah, we're talking for actually. So one of my favourite phone calls of last year was uh, Michael Dawson ringing up to say cheers for the ticket. So we, I think we'd randomly sent 30 people across the city a, a ticket for a T20 game. Um, and of all those people, Michael Dawson was the one that sought out a phone number, made the call, and said said uh, said cheers. I was, uh, I suppose, a bit blase around crickets all the time. But having a random call from the Forest captain you know, yeah. meant a lot to me at the time. So yeah, always always great to welcome the the boys to Trent Bridge. Um, Joe Worrell, uh, Yatesy, Dawes, big cricket fans. And on the flip side, you know our boys love over there. Broadie's a big Forest fan. Mm. Uh, Luke Fletcher took his took uh, little Freddie Fletcher to his first Forest game yeah, of the weekend. Right, yeah, yeah. So so yeah, I think we we both enjoy each of us uh, each of us success. And Stuart Pearce came in. Was that mean you all got him in to do some kind of motivational <laughs> talk? I remember yeah. that at the time. Um, Stuart Pearce came in to, to to speak to the cricketers because we'd reached the quarterfinals of the uh, of, uh, of the cup where you always lose where we'd, we'd struggled in previous <laughs> years and we were playing Derbyshire yeah and I think Mick felt there was a there was a bit of uh, overconfidence amongst the boys and he wanted a, a means of you know making sure they, they they knew how important this game was so we sat down and discussed who a, who a good mo- motivational speaker might be and um, Stuart Pierce was, was forest manager at the time um, so via Ben White the media manager at Forest we managed to get hold of Stuart Pierce's number um, gave him a shout and asked him if he would, he would come in and do a, a motivational speech to the, to the cricketers he, he jumped at it um, and my one request to Mick Newell having arranged this for him was look can I, can I stick a tracksuit on and sit at the back <laughs> <laughs> have a listen 
And Stuart Pearce walked in, and the lads didn't know he was coming, walked in, and we've probably got 15 English lads, of which seven are massive Forest fans, mm. a couple of South Africans and an Aussie who'd never heard of him. But the effect of Stuart Pearce walking in that room in his, in his Forest togs on Luke Fletcher and the like was just incredible. Mm. They, they really couldn't believe what was, what was happening. It was big news for them. And his speech was all about how he himself perhaps wasn't the best player technically, but he knew that he trained harder, um, that he ate better, that he slept at the right time and did everything he could to be the best of himself. And how friends of his that um, were, were more gifted footballers hadn't made it as pros and certainly hadn't you know, played, for their, played for their country. Mm. And the message to the, to the cricketers was, look, if you follow my lead, don't celebrate your wins too hard, always look forward, train hard, eat the right thing, you'll be better than the player that you are really landed and he'd done his research he's kind of going around the room afterwards pulls Hales aside like Hales you know you're, you're one of the most explosive bats from your generation <laughs> you, can, you can take this game away on your own Broadie you know you've, you've done this and that for England rapid player um, you know, you're, a, you're a real leader and a star and he came up to me and he said son I don't know if you're a batter or a bowler <laughs> Become this weekend, you're going to be the best batter or bowler you've ever been. Hardly touched a bat in my life, but I felt ready to play. <laughs> Just an incredible, incredible motivational force. Yeah. And the start of that season was really positive. And I think we, he probably came to Trent Bridge off the back of that early, early season form yeah, when they, they were, kind they of were flying, weren't they? Yeah. I think it was two weeks later he got the got the chop, <laughs> and that's the. That's the nature of football, but yeah, that that will always stick with me. That, Did not that, to win that game. Yeah, we won the game. Oh, okay. Yeah, we won the game, and. I would advocate Stuart Pearce as one of the best motivational speakers I've I've ever heard, and I think that's probably one of a long line of managers who, for me, were, were sacked too soon. Your favourite Forest player was it was it Pearce or was it someone a bit later on? Do you think Collymore was the first name on the on the shirt? Um, and I think looking back at that ninety three ninety four season, um, he was you know, just an incredible player, massively underrated. Certainly didn't get the, the number of England caps that he that he deserved. I know mm. he's he's got his demons down, but I think um, a, a great broadcaster articulates his opinion very well. But first and foremost, what a player he was for for Forest, and you know who expected that charge from the Championship to doing what we did in in the Premier League in that yeah. in that season. So yeah, he he stands out for me as the the one player that could um, score a goal from nowhere, create a chance out of nothing. Um, you know, beating Man U one nil mm. in a, in a game that we we were you know on the on the right side of on yeah. top of dominated possession. Um, players like that get people standing up and yeah he's the one that, that I think is the, the best Forest player I've I've seen Do you see anyone in the current squad who could kind of get that legendary status I suppose Warrell's the one I'm thinking of Yeah Joe's Joe's performances this year I think in recent weeks have been incredible um, he's certainly got Premier League potential you know whispers of big bids from Burnley in the past mm. Um I was very disappointed when they, they saw him surplus enough to loan him to Rangers and I, it's probably proved to be a good education for him but I think he was he was probably ready for um, exposure in the championship at, at that time hearing Milan sniffing around Matty Cash yeah. his music to our ears I think at Forest a lot of potential legends have had to move on because the club haven't been in the Premier League mm. and you, you just hope that the likes of Joe Worrell Matty Cash can fulfil their ambition at Forest mm. and we can play on the stage that they, they want to play on because that's the reason why um, players like 
Dawson, Andy Reid, you know, even the likes of Prutt and Gareth Williams, guys that moved on because um, Forest weren't in the Premier League. So, so yeah, Joe Worrell could be could be a ten year, a decade long captain of Forest, mm. but I think Premier League promo- promotions Premier League in the next two three years will be important if we're going to keep players of his caliber. So, do you see parallels with the Paul Hart team that lost in the playoffs in the sense that it? had to be that season do you think it has to be this season for Forest or can they wait another year or two I don't know you think about um, FFP and the challenges that those those guys are under I think mm. the what they have up their sleeve at the minute is is Jao Carvalho who probably commands a transfer fee yeah. um, and in the way that we play is probably slightly more disposable than a, a Matty Cash or a Joe Worrell and um, you know while personally I think he has a, a lot to offer what supporters might not see behind the scenes is that difficult decision that um, the forest hierarchy have to make. If they have to balance the books to hit FFP in a given year, mm. they don't want to sell Jao Carvalho, but it might be the lesser of two or three two or three evils. So I don't think there's any pressure to sell Matty Cash or Joe Worrell because they would have done yeah. when those when those bids came in. But there are times when looking at the balance of the squad they may need to pull in a striker or a, you know a fullback or or, or any uh, cover for any position where an injury occurs and for me there's probably a slight oversupply in, in those you know creative attacking midfielders at the minute mm. so yeah personally if the books needed to be balanced Carvalho is the one that I would uh, move on but it would be with a with a heavy heart and not because I don't think he's got a lot to offer the the club you just don't think he doesn't fit into the system Lamucci kind of favours even as a 10 you don't think he fits in well he's not being picked is he no so it's an expensive asset to have on the bench mm. and he's he's not the first change he's very rarely the second change mm. so I, I trust Sabri's judgement and the judgement of Martin O'Neill perhaps as well that for some reason they're not building a team around Jao Carvalho mm. despite the promise that he's shown despite his track record elsewhere despite what we've seen him do in the in the time he's had as a as a forest player so what is that are they seeing a guy that um has a lot of flair is very creative but perhaps doesn't put in the effort um defensively um i I don't know but trust the judgment of a manager who's making a lot of decisions and getting the vast majority right and there's a reason why he's not being um trusted is probably the right word Mm. with more minutes on a on a football pitch at his age and with what he's done so far there'll be a system somewhere that he fits into but I don't think this this system is necessarily set up for, for him So as we head into the final few minutes here I just wanted to ask you kind of what's it like to work in a sporting city like Nottingham considering you also work at the Olympic Stadium um, do you kind of feel lucky that you get to work at perhaps the best cricket ground in the world even you've got Nottingham across the, uh, Forest across the road you've got Panthers you've got County I mean it's uh, you know to work in a sporting city in the industry you're pretty lucky in a sense aren't you yeah and, and beyond all that this is home for me yeah so you know having having worked in in london having um spent some time in in yorkshire um there is there is no place like home uh, my little girl's 15 months old so being around friends and family is a is a massive uh, help there not least with nursery fees yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i do i do feel really lucky to be in nottingham and i feel particularly lucky to be at trent bridge um where despite championship relegation last year we go into every competition thinking we've got a chance of of winning it there's a great atmosphere there we've got a really good record of staging big matches there's a record of profitability as well which is no easy thing Mm -hmm. um, in the sporting world had a great time in London 
um, loved the Olympic Stadium and everything that came with it. Um, but this this is home for me, and mm. hopefully for yeah for a, for a long time now I'll be ensconced in in Nottingham. It's not your fault that West Ham got a good deal, then, is it? For the Olympic, the Olympic Stadium, Stadium. <laughs> no, no, so, don't put it on you. No, so look, the I, I learned a lot in that period of time um, about a multi-use stadium and the things that you have to do to make a, a venue of, of, of that scale um, tick. So uh, my role going in there uh, after the deals had already been struck with West Ham and UK Athletics was to service those contracts and stage those events, but also to find additional content for that stadium. So, you know, we had a good run, um, bought in some big concerts, Jay-Z, Beyonce, um, Rolling Stones, ACDC, some some serious big hitters in that venue. Um, but it was a real challenge. And I think with the intrigue that goes with um, having accepted taxpayers cash to build that stadium, there was a lot of a lot of external noise and a lot of things that we that we couldn't control. But as a group of stadium operators trying to um, do the best we could with uh, the opportunity that we had there with an incredible venue that I don't think gets enough love I think <laughs> in 10 years time yeah. the Olympic Stadium will be reflected on as the you know the O2 is now as quite a cherished and loved venue with a really nice balanced programme um, but remember the criticism the Millennium Dome had and that was mm. off the back of taxpayers cash being put to a to a, a project like that um, certainly learned a lot being around you know West Ham and listening to stories of some of you know some of their um, some of their players and some of those guys that are kind of imported into a, a, a club a league an environment that they don't have a big connection with and how important it is to build that connection and what Mark Noble means to those fans that a more recent signing may not you know will never be able to, to connect in the, in the same way so mm. um, yeah no regrets really enjoyed my career so far feel blessed to work in sport um, but very lucky to be back in Nottingham and, and very lucky to be you know, representing Trembridge well thanks for coming in I know people can get their T20 Blast tickets next week is that right yeah Blast tickets are on sale next week um, the 100 something new for the city to try as well hopefully um, yeah hopefully <laughs> but I, I uh, like something for everyone at Trembridge if the 100 is not for you there's Test Cricket if Test Cricket's not for you there's the there's the Blast um, if Cricket's not for you there's a restaurant so yeah come in there come and see us at Trembridge cool Thank you very much, Michael. Uh, do leave us a five-star review. We've had loads, which I'm you know, really pleased about, and it, it does make a big difference to us. You can subscribe on YouTube uh, and get this straight to you every week. Um, and we've had plenty of subscribers. Next week, uh, I'm not sure who'll be in the chair, but thanks to Michael for coming in. Uh, Sarah Clapson should be back. And thank you for listening or watching, and we'll see you soon. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening.